Praise the Lord. Well, we've been talking about prayer last Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and I thought, well, let me, let me uh, talk about prayer to the Sunday night people. Praise the Lord. And uh, some of you have been here with us this week and uh, uh, joined us in a week of fasting and prayer, a uh, very powerful time we had, and, and uh, uh, just believe that uh, great things are taking place. Um, sometimes um, when you start praying really, really powerfully, uh, it seems that like sometimes all H-E double toothpicks breaks out. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, so, so that is no indication of uh, your prayers not being effective. Uh, that probably means you've shaken up some demons and devils. And that's okay. They, they are, uh, that's what we're doing. We're taking dominate, dominating this earth and the things that are, uh, the forces that are against us. Um, but, but it's amazing that, uh, the God of heaven has called us into his presence uh, and beckoned us, uh, no matter uh, what stage of life you're at, no matter where you are with your walk with the Lord, um, how long you've been saved, you can just get saved, and now you have access into the Holy of Holies. You're able to come before the Father without guilt or shame or any sense of condemnation. Uh, of course, um, as we grow in the Lord, it becomes easier for us to shake off that uh, which the enemy, who's called the accuser uh, of the brethren, tries to put on you. Like, oh, you're not qualified to ask anything of God. You can't do it. And, and he gives you a list of things that you've done before, or whatever the case may be. But as you grow in the Lord, that doesn't, uh, that's not as easy for him to do uh, because you know his tricks. You're aware of his schemes, his plots, uh, the way he, he rolls. So then now, you know, he's like, you know what, Satan, uh, I, as far as I know, I'm right with God, but just give me a second right now. And you say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I turn from sin. I turn towards you. Thank you, Father. I receive your forgiveness, and I thank you that I'm cleansed and I'm washed. And say, now, did you hear that, Mr. Devil? So there is nothing. And it says that he does not remember your sins. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and, and, and actually, it says they're thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. Glory to God, where they can be seen no more. So God's not looking at you as somebody who did those things. Yeah, you did them, but he's forgiven you, and as far as he's concerned, they're under the blood. And so he's not holding those against you, whether it be um, acts of, of omission or commission. In other words, things you didn't do or you did do, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. It's all under the blood. Everybody say it's all under the blood. And uh, so, so we've, we've uh, shared some, if anybody's been around for the last Sunday morning or Wednesday night, we shared some, praise God. Um, and uh, so I'm just going to pick up and, and review just one uh, um, aspect, and that is our approach through by the blood of Jesus. And uh, so first of all, we saw in Hebrews chapter 4 and verses 15 and 16, it says, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I've just mentioned how we do that is by that blood is that we are boldly coming before the Father. You know, we can come up, you know, if, if uh, Minister Floyd was God, I can just boldly look at God in the face. I can sit in God's lap. Daddy, Papa, you know, this is dad, you know, and uh, hang out with dad, hang out with Papa, because, because why? Because there's nothing between us. The blood has erased that, removed those things that were between us. 
And, and so, so we literally uh, can come before him and stand in his presence, which is just amazing. Just amazing. You know, they could not do that in the Old Testament. They couldn't do that. It was just a special group of priests, you know, and they would do sacrifices, and, and it was scary because sometimes it didn't work, you know, and they dragged those dead bodies out of the Holy of Holies by a, a rope. I mean, you read it, it's kind of freaky, you know, and like, uh-oh, things quit rattling, drag him out, you know, and uh, some, you know, people drag him out. I knew he wasn't right, you know, you know, and uh, praise the Lord. So, 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 but today... Today, because of the blood, all of us sit in this place. Everybody who <laughs> calls Jesus Christ Lord, everybody who's a Christian, we all have freedom, boldness. And it says we are to enter in that way. And it's not a cocky thing, it's a relationship thing. And, and you see a child, you know, uh, saying, you know, lifting his hands to his daddy, you know, daddy, pick me up, daddy, you know. There's no inhibition but with that child and that father, is there? It's just, Daddy, I know my daddy loves me. Pick me up, Daddy. And Daddy's like, oh, you know, pick him up, you know, burning the traps and the arms. But that's your boy calling your name. You want to pick them up, you know? In the song we sang tonight, you know, some people have a problem with the sloppy wet kiss, you know, heaven meets earth like a sloppy wet kiss. The first time I sung that, I was like, what? You know, what does it do? And how did it happen, you know? And, uh, it was actually shortly after that that Pastor Mark Hankins had come, and, and uh, he was sharing about his little grandson. Um, uh, I think it was, was it Gavin? Was it Gavin? I think so, yeah, because he was not well, right? He was, he was kind of sick as a little boy, and, and so, so he was talking about how he would just get him in his face, and there's snot running out of his nose, and he would just get right in his face, and, and just all this, and I, and I was thinking, that's the sloppy wet kiss. That's it. Because, I mean, our mind goes to like a husband-wife situation, but it's really more like that. It's more like yeah. a child and, and how a, a magic grandpa, he loves that snot and slobber. Grandpa loves it. And I was like, that's, that's what we're talking about, that God loves us even when we're messy. He loves us and just wants to be in our us in his face. He wants us in his face to come boldly. And even though a little boy, he don't, he's got all this junk going on. He don't even realize it, but I, he just knows grandpa loves me so much. And I am so happy to be in his face. So the father is calling us up to boldly come that we may obtain grace. It's amazing. And so we want to make sure that we adjust ourselves and, and aren't cowering or intimidated when we come before the Father, or doubting is like, oh, like we're rolling dice when we pray, or you know what I'm saying, and pulling some kind of lever down a town. You're like, all right, snake eyes, or you know, diamond, don't have cherries. You know, I don't know. I don't do it, so I'm not sure what all happens. But, but I mean, it's, it's not a chance. It's us talking to a living Father. You know what I'm saying? In relationship. And it's a relational thing. And sometimes we, we can mistake sometimes what faith is. It's not just us doing, exercising some law per se. It is, but it, it's not just that. It's a relationship with the Father. 
And when we know his will, it's a, it's a done deal. Amen? And so you hang out with the Father, you're going to start realizing what he wants and how he rolls, how he acts, how he thinks. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, so, so we had, we'd shared Ephesians 2.18, it says, for through him we both have access by one spirit, and that's really talking about Jews and Gentiles when it says we both, it's made us all one, and uh, so we have access by that spirit. Hebrews 10, 19, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So there we go, back to the blood, amen? We all know 1 John 1, 9, if, if we've sinned, he is faithful and just, right? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, amen? And uh, so then uh, Hebrews 10, 22 said, let us draw near with true heart and full assurance of faith, full assurance of faith. Praise the Lord. Back to um, daddy lift me up. I know daddy's going to lift me up. This little boy looking up to his daddy. Amen. Daddy, he wants to have me up there by his face. And so we go into prayer with confidence. He wants us to come near him. Full assurance of faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we come before him. Father, we love you. We honor you. We worship you. We glorify you. We did that tonight. We came before him like that. And it's interesting when people have uh, difficulty in their lives, you know, challenging things going on in their lives, that when we get into that place, you feel his love and sense his, his comfort and his help coming. And that you see and oftentimes see people weep or cry or laugh, you know, is the response when we get into that place. Isn't that right? And, uh, and we rejo- rejoice and enjoy him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In uh, Jeremiah, we shared already, it says, says uh, in Jeremiah 33, 2 and 3, it says in the New Living, it says, this is what the Lord says, the Lord who made the earth, who formed and established it, whose name is the Lord, ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. And uh, so we're, we're getting in there and discovering things, not just anything, but things that pertain to us. Isn't that amazing? You know, and there are things that are big that pertain to us, you know, having to do with nations, of course, uh, but, but there, the more, more than not is he's going to talk to you about some of the issues surrounding yourself. Not just that, but it would include that, wouldn't you agree? How many want to know some things? I do. Some things to come. I mean, here it is, 2024. It's already, what, the 14th? And uh, man, I want to know some things about what's ahead. Yeah. And, and there's, there's things that are in the air, uh, nationally, of course, and it, it, that's, that's a given. But, but what about myself? What about my ministry and what God wants me to do specifically? I want to know those things. And he's, he's calling me into a place where he'll show me things that I haven't uh, known. And uh, I, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I'm like, show me what I can handle, because I think that sometimes if the Lord showed you everything you were going to go through in your life, you might have committed suicide. And, and, and so he shows us, I like that about the word too. The, the word is a lamp to your, your feet and a light to your, okay, this is enough. This is enough. It's not a nuclear bomb to your future. It's a light to your feet. It, it shows you where you are in relationship uh, with God, and it shows uh, where, who you are in relationship then with that which is in front of you, where you need to go. 
So the word helps us in this way, but when we come before him, he shows us things as well. And so God wants to do that, but he's calling us in, praise the Lord. I want to uh, quote Adrian Rogers. Um, He said this, uh, and uh, the title of this is, Every Failure is a Prayer Failure. He says, one of the grandest privileges you and I have is the privilege of prayer. I believe when we get to heaven, one of the things that will amaze us is that we prayed so poorly and we prayed so little while, while we were here on earth. I want to tell you, you do not have a failure in your life, but what it is a prayer failure. You do not have a need in your life, but what prayer could supply that need. There's not a sin in your life that a proper prayer life couldn't overcome. The hymn writer Joseph Joseph M. uh, Scriven penned these words, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Y'all know this one. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. This is Adrian again. Friend, rather than wringing your hands, we ought to be bending our knees. Yeah, I thought that was a good, good quote. Praise the Lord. And so, so we come before the Father, and uh, instead of despair, instead of falling apart, instead of uh, just going you know, into some kind of a mental breakdown, instead of doing all those things that are very bad for your body, incidentally, we want to come before him immediately. God, this hurts. This, I'm, I'm confused, right? I, I, you know, just tell him. Tell him, Lord, I, I don't know what to do. This is overwhelming. This hurts my heart. This is making me broken. This, you know, and he knows how to rub it. I have literally hollered at God before. I don't know if anybody else has done that. Just short of cussing. And I don't even cuss. You know, I'm not a cusser. Right, sweetheart? I don't cuss. No. And so, so, uh, (laughs) it's dangerous. Oh, yes, you do. No, I was like, no. Was it in my sleep? <laughs> no. But anyhow, so, 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 I mean, just angry, just, and then, um, and then to blame God for this, you know, type of thing. And uh, when we actually comes right down to it, uh, God isn't just doing stuff to us, just so you know. He's not the one Amen. doing stuff. And uh, I have to deal with that a lot in ministry to people. You know, why is God doing this to me? You know, why did God do this to them or whoever? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, but it's, it's not God doing those things. Yeah. But we can go to God to get those things changed. And that's what's needed. We can't blame God for it, but we can get God's help through it. And we can't make choices for everyone, but we can pray for them to make the right choices, can't we? And uh, one of the things that I prayed over my children when they were young and even to this day, I, I say, Father, I thank you that their heart is in your hand and that you turn their heart whichever way you will and that they will always be tender towards you. Their hearts will always be tender towards you. And therefore, I don't have to pray for them to obey me as a parent. Why? Because if their heart's tender towards God, they'll be tender towards me. If their heart is tender towards God, they will obey and honor authority. Amen? And so, so we want to uh, um, access the Father. First move we make is the Father rather than um, you know, running to um, the natural realm, if you will. And I, I'm not against 
getting therapy and those kind of things, because I know people do need those things and they're helpful for people, but our first move should be towards the Lord. And, and maybe the Lord will tell you to go get therapy. Right. <laughs> like, you need therapy. <laughs> it's like, all right, <laughs> you need medication. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, you know, I've never heard that from the Lord before. But anyhow, but God will direct you to the right people to get you the right help that you need at this time to get you to the place where you can now stand on your own without those things. Yeah, and, and, and so, so God is our, our first react. We could talk to him all day. It's great that you have a prayer closet in a time that you pray, and you, you should, and it's good, but we should be talking to God all the time. And uh, Smith Wigglesworth, I always was impressed with him, you know, the secret of his power. He has a book, and uh, they asked him, you know, wow, you must pray for hours. He goes, no. He says, I don't pray for more than 30 minutes. They're all blown away because he's raised the dead, multiple people from the dead, and extreme miracles and, and things took place. And, and I mean, he'd just be sitting and, and, uh, next to somebody and they'd start weeping. And, you know, you convict me of sin. You know, these type of things were taking place. So they thought for sure he must pray for hours. So he said, I only pray for 30 minutes. And they were like, geez. And then he said, but I don't go 30 minutes without praying. So he stays in touch. And one incident, a, a gentleman said they were. He was driving, and they're going down the road. They're just talking about things and, you know, natural things. And all of a sudden, uh, Smith screams and slams him in the chest while he's driving. He slams the brake on and says, what? What's going on? He said, we haven't talked about the Lord for 30 minutes. And he's like, okay. And he bows his head, Father, forgive us. And when he prayed over his food, he would pray over his food at the beginning and read the word because he refused to give his body more than his spirit. And, and then he would pray in the middle, pray at the end. He was just a prayer. So oftentimes we think, okay, I've checked off my prayer card today because I said, Shondai Bukashe, who stole the key to my Honda this morning, you know, speaking in tongues for a second. But what we need to do is just continually be in fellowship and, and communication with Father. Stay there. Does that make sense? Hang out there. Because there are times where, where if you're sensitive, that, that he'll just all of a sudden begin to talk to you, and you're like, oh, wait a second, you know? And you can stop a conversation for him, right? So wait a second. Let me, I'm going to go use the restroom or something. You know, get away. Say, Lord, what's going on? I need you to pray for X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And you start praying. Praise the Lord. He's looking for people. Holy Spirit is going to and fro in the earth, looking for someone he can show himself strong through. Maybe that's you. Praise God. And the thing about it is, is he's looking for anyone. So I wonder how many little kids start praying in the middle of the day. You know, it's like, little kids that God can talk to them. That's something. They're sensitive to the Lord. It's interesting how children see angels in different things, you know. And then as you grow older, that ends for some reason. I don't know what that's all about. But they're sensitive. Their hearts are a little more pure. And Jesus said, unless you become like one of these, you know, you won't enter the kingdom of God. So, so there's a humility, an expectation. There's a lot of things involved. But, but you are qualified. You are who he's talking to. Everyone in this room, you're a child of God. If you're saved, that's you. Come in. Come and, and let us communicate. Talk to each other. I said, yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. And it's funny how we just have raised everything up to be so much more important. I'll just leave that lay right there. In Jeremiah 
33.3 in the message, it says, I'll tell you marvelous and wondrous things that you could never figure out on your own. You could never figure it out. Never figure it out. So why don't you just quit running around circles, you know, pushing matter, you know, and, and doing this thing and that thing when you could just walk into the presence of God. He'd tell you the strategy. Bada bing, bada boom. You walk out of that place, save you years of wasting your life. Isn't that something? Come before him, Father. Years. He'll help you. He loves you so much. And wants to hang out with you. Glory to God. Come before him with all your snot, all your saliva. Get in his face. He loves it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to Acts chapter four. In Acts chapter four, verse 23, I want to talk to you a little bit about the value of uh, the group, you know, corporate prayer and, and coming together in agreement. My understanding is there's some, some of our ladies that have a prayer chain and they, when they just get after it, you know, they start praying. We do have Tuesday night prayer, of course, um, but there's others who um, talk to each other and pray for things, issues, you know, dealing with the church as well as uh, our city, nation, government and stuff. So uh, appreciate them. But here, here in Acts, we see a, an example of corporate prayer. It says, and being let go, they went to their own companions and reported um, all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in, in them is, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the heathen, or nations rape, sorry, I'm King James in the air, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together um, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats. See, they told him, don't you preach. Don't you preach in that name anymore. Don't you do this. So they came to their own company. This is our own company. This is our, our crew. This is our homies, right? This is our, we're our church. We're a family. So we come together and we're like, Lord, here's what they said. And we know that we can't do what they said. So in other words, behold their threatenings, their noise. They're making noise. And then, then uh, so they're, they're going into the presence of God with a group. And it says, now the Lord looked on their, the, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, they may speak your word. In other words, that we may boldly defy what they're saying and tell people about Jesus Christ. And so it's by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. That must mean God was pretty impressed. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. 
This is the kind of praying that, that makes things shake. It is like the devil is running his mouth. God, give us boldness to shut it. And it says signs and wonders, you know, all these things. That's the response. See, we want to take up guns or we want to go, uh, you know, on a raid or, we, you know, we want to do things naturally. But God has a supernatural response to the devil's mouth. Incidentally, just, this is a, just a side thing. But oftentimes what we don't realize, what, like, when it says when the enemy comes in, right, uh, oftentimes what you need to understand is floods, waters, these are words. These are words. And so when you look in the word and you see that, 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 that his word is like water, the washing of water by the word. So our response to satanic uh, words are God words. God will set up a standard. How is he going to do that? He's going to do that because with all boldness, we're going to talk about Jesus. So we have a bigger, more powerful flood to answer the enemy. So they came to uh, the Father in the name of Jesus and said, here's the problem. Here's what we need. The place shakes. And they get out there and just regulate healings, miracles, signs, and wonders. And we just have to quit uh, going into a corner or being afraid when they say, you can't do this. And we just need to get that song out that Minister Floyd saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. No, no, it's you can't, not we can't, you can't. You can't have my breakthrough. You can't have my children. You can't have my family. You can't have nothing. You can't. So words are those floods. But we come before the Father. He gives us the answer. Amen? And he strengthens us. Praise God. So they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and with all boldness, they preached the gospel. Amen? God is so good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. So we, all, we are all very familiar with Chronicles, um, and, and so when we come before the Father as his children, we've turned from our own wickedness. We've turned from our own ways. We've turned towards heaven. It says, then he hears. Then he hears. It says he hears from heaven. What it means is his position, he's in heaven. I'm hearing from up here, and I'm going to do. Why? Because you've turned from this, you've turned towards me, and now I'm able to work. And what really blessed me this week, by the way, um, all the churches that were fasting and praying, and some still are. They were doing 21 days. You know, we did a week. There was a, a, there was a lot of churches this past week in fasting and prayer, and I've never heard that before, just to be honest. So it seems like the church is turning towards God. I love it. I want every church in the valley to seek God, trust God, call in the name of the Lord and, and say, food is not as important to us as you, Lord. And turning over plates of food, you say, well, does food change what God thinks? No, it really just changes you more than anything else. Yeah. It's like, why can't we get, you know, back in the day, you had a little knob, you'd turn for the radio station, you know, you're tuning it in. That's how I think about fasting and prayer. It's like you're getting tuned in. So God's broadcasting, but we just have to tune in to the right frequencies. And that's one of the things I experienced through in fasting and prayer was, is by that end of the week, I sense, it just seems like I'm more sensitive. I'm actually clarity. So it's like you've pushed away noise, and now I can hear the station clearly. 
praise God. So praise the Lord. So, so anyway, um, I know that, that, uh, that not everybody can necessarily fast completely, um, but I'm sure that some of you could skip something. <laughs> In the Amplified Bible, in James 5.16, many of us are familiar with this translation of James 5.16, but it says in its entirety, which we don't usually quote, but it says, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The second half of James 5.16 is what we all know. The earnest heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So you're saying, well, you know, am I a righteous person? Well, if you have been born again, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that means that you have the ability to do this, that to, to access dynamite, dynamite power of God. That, that word uh, is actually translated healing, Power, you know, all different ways. It's dunamis in the Greek, but it means the power of God. So we are able, if we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, if you're born again, that means you are. Therefore, you can access, you can come before the Father and get hold of this stuff and bring it into circumstances and situations of life. I'm looking for people, people, not the ministers. I expect them to, but I'm just saying people in the church things to come alive inside of you, something to open up, waken up, so that you come out of this place recognizing that God's power resides in you, that God's not looking for the five-fold ministry gifts only to do these things, but everybody can do this. Access the power, distribute the power, access the power, distribute the power. Y'all get it? Yeah, and so people tell you, I've got this going on and that going on and this going on. You just have to get inside. Something has to rise up on the inside of you and you say, no, let me pray. Let me get a hold of your hands if I'll pray. I'm telling you, that thing has to go. You're like, whoa, freaks people out. And when they get healed, it changes their life. Healing is the children's bread. And so we're accessing heaven, and we, we accessed heaven this whole week. We prayed this whole week, and many times, I'm saying every single time when we pray in the week, there is an aspect of time that we are praying for signs and wonders, miracles, for the gospel to have free course in the world, and we need it in Las Vegas. If we need it anywhere on the planet, we need it in Las Vegas, North Las Vegas. We have a city that's known for being uh, the opposite, and, and in reality, we know that all cities have problems and sin and demons, and, but we have got the reputation somehow. Therefore, it would be good for us to have the reputation of miracles breaking out because we are already in everybody's faces all across the world. And let this be the next Azusa Street. Amen. Let this be the next Welsh Revival. Amen. 
Let, let this be. There's been many different revivals over the years of, of which those seem to get the most attention, but, but there have been many where people began to pray. In New York, there was a revival because one man said, we're going to pray at noon, and it started a whole move of prayer, and people started using their lunch times. Yep, that's a fast. Using their lunch time to pray. And God moved, and it was a great revival that took place in New York. And, and others that, that we really don't, I don't know why we don't talk about more, but they literally changed this nation by what they did. Turn The nation has been hanging in the balance many times, but because people like yourself decided we won't allow it on our watch, they began to pray, call in the name of the Lord, and Say, no, not on my watch. And not just pray, but they obeyed. Started inviting people. Come, hey, we're having a prayer meeting. And, and you know, everybody thinks, oh, nobody wants this. They want the, now, right now, they want this. People I talk to, they're like, look, I've been looking for a church. I'm like, great. Come to my church. We're on, you know, or where are you? And sometimes I'll lead them to a church. If they live over in Henderson, I tell them about a good church over there. Go there. But we've got to call them in. We're going to change our city. It can't be by just doing what we're doing in this building. But we do do something very powerful in this building, and that's we do pray. And I invite you to come and, and join us in those times of prayer. We do pray on Tuesdays at 530, and if you could be here, that would be great. Our staff, we pray. Um, uh, some of us will pray at 1130 each day, Monday through Friday, um, on most, most days. And, uh, but, but that can't be the only time we do it. It has to be something that we do all the time. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. Um, Psalm 24. Psalm 24. Oh, I'm out of time. Can I read this last scripture to you guys? Psalm 24, verse... Verses three through six, and this is a, a different translation. It's called the voice. It says, who can possibly ascend the mountain of the eternal? Who can stand before him in sacred spaces? Only those whose hands have been washed and hearts made pure. Men and women who are not given to lies and deception. The eternal will stand close to them with blessing and mercy and hand. And the God who redeems will right what has been wrong. These are the people who chase after him. In the authorized, it says, this is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face. Praise God. That's us. That's us. Our hands, our hearts are washed by the blood of Christ, just so you know. It's like, who can go there? Who can go in there? We can not because of righteousness that we have done, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. He was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so we have been made. And if you feel like you've been a stinker, you just access the blood. You know what I mean by that? You've been doing stuff you shouldn't and you know it. Just get, get back into the blood. Back, get a blood bath. Wash up and go in boldly and stand there with confidence. Because ain't none of us ever go in there because of our own righteousness. It's because of the blood only. And so we just want to step up our, our game, though, step up our times of spending time with the Lord and, and uh, 
Some of us are better at waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning than others. Um, I just have to be honest, I am not a 4 a.m. person. And uh, I wouldn't even know what to talk to God about at 4 a.m. Like, Lord, my name is Bill. And uh, no, I don't, I mean, you woke up at 4, it'd be bad, you know. But anyhow, but I, I, I do have, I can stay up better than I can get up. Does anybody like that? How many um, night people? Who are the night watchmen? Okay. It's okay to pray at night. Yeah. So sometimes you hear people talking and think, oh my gosh, why do I have to pray at 5.30 a.m.? Oh my goodness. But they're better at that time. That's their time. They are morning people. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, don't talk to them at 9, though, at 9 p.m., because that's different for them, you know. It's bedtime. Night-night. God bless you. Time to go sleepy. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> so, so it isn't necessarily all having, having to be at that a.m. or the night watch, but one of them, pick one of them and speak to the Lord. Talk to him. Amen? Y'all with me? Does this help anybody? And, and, and set a goal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk to him at this time. I'm going to pray and I'm going to uh, talk to him about this. I know that Pastor David has different days that he would deal with different things. He set aside this day to pray for the finances of the church, this day to pray for uh, the people or families. You know, So I thought that was really cool. But God will show you what to do. He'll help you to know how to do that. Y'all with me? Amen. Mighty men and women of God, we got to a great task. It's such a, an honor to be alive in this day. One of the greatest days, I believe, of the earth, of the outpouring of God and the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he chose you for such a time as this. I have, um, of course, uh, more scriptures about Esther and that kind of thing, about their fast, but we are here and we can do this. We can set aside time and change our nation and the world.